Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. And we got another great guest on this week. We have Dr. Vaughn Cook. Dr. Nick, what's up, man? I'm, well, I'm excited that it was your birthday not too long ago, and I hear you're off on a little vacation. So that's exciting news for me to hear. Uh, about to get a little bit of a break, and it's much yeah. needed, man. You know how it goes with each quarter. You kind of need to, to, to kind of come up for air a little bit and then head back yeah. in. But yeah, I'm due, man. So we're headed, uh, we're headed to Cali this weekend. Oh, uh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. The big 4-0 <laughs> last week, man. <laughs> Yeah, halfway. Well, hopefully more. Halfway. Yeah, hopefully I got at least more a quarter, man. Yeah, at, at least, least a quarter, quarter right? <laughs> what what birthday is it? Four zero? Did you say? Yeah, my fortieth was last week. Wow. Yeah. So I feel good. I'm doing better at forty than thirty. So I, I must have figured something out. Well, you're just into those productive years of life, actually. Right. Just getting started, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Cook, I'm going to introduce you real quick. So just a quick little bit of history about Dr. Vaughn Cook. So he's been uh, really into biocommunication devices since the mid 80s. And in around 2001, Dr. Cook began development of what is now Zyto technology. Many of you have probably heard of the Zyto. Uh, he began selling technology in late 2004 through digital health. Um, the last 25 years, he's been continuously involved in the development and sell of biocommunication technology. He's also been actively involved in clinical practice as the owner of Utah Acupuncture Clinic and the Meridian Health Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, this clinical experience has strongly influenced the technology that Dr. Cook has developed and continues to develop in order to meet the changing needs of his customers. Uh, under the direction of Dr. Cook, Zyto has continuously pursued product enhancements for the development of the technology and a commitment to meeting the needs of their customers. So Dr. Cook, thank you. There's a whole lot more there. Let's just dive into it. Uh, just give us a little gist about this bit of history in the biocommunication world, because you've been at this since the mid eighties and now we're back, now we're in 2022. So that's been a lot of time. Been a lot of time. Yeah, I've been in, I got in this before you were born. Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that to most everybody I meet though. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, let me tell you the, the very beginning, uh, because it is kind of an interesting story. When I was a teenager, I had really bad allergies. I mean, like horrific allergies. And I kind of grew into them in my early teens. Uh, they were seasonal, fortunately, but when they came on, it, they just came on with a vengeance and nothing helped. I mean, I tried steroid shots. I tried every prescription that was on the market and uh, it, it just, I had no relief. I just endured. Then uh, in my early 20s, I outgrew them, which I was happy to have that happen. But then uh, in my early 30s, I was married by then, had kids, and my wife and I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, and my allergies came back with a vengeance, and it was just miserable. And I had a neighbor in Las Vegas. His name was Bill Roberson. He was a dentist. And, and, and I was complaining to him one day about these allergies. And he said, oh, it's probably just something in your yard you're not used to because you just moved here. And he said, you know, I've got this technology that I use in my practice. He said, it's kind of a hobby. I don't really use it in the practice, but, but it's fun to do. And I can probably tell you what you're having a reaction to. So I said, boy, I'd love that. So he said, well, break a twig off of everything in your yard and bring it down to my clinic at five o'clock. That's when I close the doors and I'll pull this machine out. And we'll test you and see what we've got. So the next day I walked into his clinic just before five o'clock with three big paper grocery bags full of twigs. And he pulled out this machine that <clears throat> was basically an ohm meter, but it had a little meter on it and it made a sound. And he handed me the ground. It was a little brass tube that I held onto. And then he took a stylus it looked like a pen, and he poked me with in the finger on my finger with these pen, this pen thing. Well, what he was measuring was the electrical conductivity of the acupuncture point that he was touching, and he explained to me that you know your body has energy, blah blah blah. And then what he did is he took a twig out of the bag and he put it on top of his instrument where it had a metal plate, 
And then he would touch my finger again. And he said, now what's happening here is every time I put a, a twig on the machine, the energy of that twig is going to influence the flow of electrons through your body and it's in your body is going to respond. And based on that response, we'll be able to predict what you're reacting to. It was totally weird to me. You know, it was like, this is bogus, but I needed help. I was desperate. And, and Bill was a credible guy. He had a successful practice. You know, he was legit. So he, he continued to go through the process. When he was done, he said, well, the only two things you're reacting to are oleanders and pyrocantha. And, and I thought, okay, that could make sense because those are new. I haven't been around those two plants in my previous environment. And then he went over and he got another machine out of his cabinet and he got a bottle of vodka and a little three ounce bottle with a dropper top. And he poured a little bit of the vodka into this three ounce bottle. And he took the oleander and the pyrocantha twig. And this machine he pulled out had two wells on the top and he put the twigs in one well and he put this, this dropper top bottle with the vodka in it in the other well. And he twisted some dials on the front and he said, now what I'm doing with this machine is I'm energetically creating a remedy for you using the energy of the pyrocantha and the oleander. And by now it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, this is crazy. I mean, it really, and it really was. It was so weird. If, if I hadn't been desperate, I probably would have said, oh, I can't, you know, I just can't believe this. Well, he said, okay, here's, after five minutes, he handed me this bottle and he said, go home and take uh, three drops of this under your tongue or take 10 drops of this under your tongue three times a day. Okay, so I did that. So I went home and every day, very religiously, I would drop 10 drops under my tongue. On the 10th day, my allergy symptoms completely, completely shut off. It was just like, it was like God stuck his finger up my nose and turned everything off. It was just my brain itch went away. My, my nose stopped running. My throat itch stopped. I mean, it was just so complete and abrupt that I remember saying to myself, this, there's no way this, this goofy remedy can have done this. It must be that the oleander and the pyrocantha is actually, they've stopped blooming. So I went out in the front where the pyrocantha was and it was just going still crazy. It was blooming and leaking pollen and everything. I went into the backyard where the oleanders were, same thing. They were still blooming and happy and pushing pollen everywhere. Well, obviously, the, the, it got me hooked. I mean, the only conclusion I could come to, because of my experience, I had a lot of experience with allergies for me and knowing what didn't work and the fact that this worked, uh, it, it just was amazing. So that got me more interested in what Bill did. And that led me to uh, be introduced to a doctor by the name of Fuller Royal, who had a clinic in, in Las Vegas. And one thing led to another. And here I am 40 years later. Um, you know, I'm goofier than Bill was. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can, go ahead. Nick, no, go ahead. I was just gonna ask, can, can you now that you've had 40 years of uh, this goofiness, uh, that you've dabbled in. How, how can you explain that to people that just heard this? Like, wh what do you, what do, you, what do you suspect that was going on uh, for you and your body? Um, well, uh, you know, obviously, I had some kind of an inappropriate immune response, and that's why my uh, why I had allergies in the first place. But you know, we run on energy, and at the at the at the end of the day, it really is all energy. And if you look even beyond the end of the day, it's really information. And what was happening was uh, whether the explanation of, you know, the twigs are actually influencing the flow of electrons or uh, whether the placement of the twig on the test plate actually was informing my body to respond appropriately. Uh, I don't know. It could have been either of those. But the bottom line was at some level, you have the ability to control your energy. And I think that this process of, it's called electroacupuncture according to Vol. And uh, that's really where I got started was with that technology. But um, so the energetic side of it and the energetic response, even though it's new to a lot of people, it really makes a lot of sense when you explain it to them. 
when you then get to the point where, okay, I'm going to take the twigs and put them in this machine and turn this vodka into medicine, uh, you know, that seems a little bit weirder, but really information is carried on the liquid molecule. And I think what was happening was the, the way that machine was built, it ran on electromagnetics and the electromagnetics of the pyrocantha and the oleander was being uh, used as an engine to then electromagnetically change probably the phase angle on the liquid. And it didn't turn it into medicine in, in the traditional sense. What it did is it took um, the, the liquid molecule and wrote information on it, which that information was then carried in the phase angle. And when my body ingested it, that instruction set was a corrective blueprint that instructed my body, hey, this is the way you should really be responding to oleander and pyrocantha. And after 10 days, I finally learned the lesson and voila, the allergies went away. You know, since then, I still get a little bit of seasonal allergy, um, a little bit sometimes, but it, it was, it wasn't a one and done kind of, I mean, it wasn't a, just a flash in the pan kind of experience. This was a curative effect that has uh, lasted for the last 40 years. Yeah, I think it's helpful for people to understand that. I mean, this is essentially homeopathy mixed with Chinese medicine and Bach flower remedies. And, and maybe, maybe another way of explaining some of what happened is that your, your body had an inappropriate response to the environment and then through the signaling of these molecules and like you said the phase angle which i think would be helpful for people to appreciate what you're referring to more specifically but you you change the way that your body was communicating with the outer world and that may sound crazy but this is essentially the principle of homeopathy is is like cures like and you you give the you give the energetic blueprint of uh of uh, a similar uh, response that could be created in a healthy individual or an uh, individual that doesn't have those symptoms and you kind of it interferes with that disruption that's happening in the body so how, how would you describe the phase angle because that sounds to me like you know cell membrane phase angle like you, you measure an electrical voltage across the cell membrane but how how does how does that carry the the signature of something in, in the in the water well, in, the definition of information is it's what is conveyed by an arrangement of things. Uh, and so, um, you know, well, take an alphabet. You know, we've got the English alphabet. When you look at that, it's just a bunch of shapes. And depending on the order, the sequence that you put those shapes in, you can convey all kinds of information. I mean, you can organize it in such a way that when people decode it, they'll actually start to cry or they'll start to laugh. And all you're doing is just giving them an, a different arrangement of the same things. It's the same 26 letters in the alphabet, but that order then will create even physiological responses. At a subconscious level or at a level that we operate, that our body operates autonomically, we're much smarter than we are at a conscious level. And we're much more responsive to the arrangement of things that we encounter in our environment, which can include uh, you know, different chemical structures because a chemical structure is just an arrangement of things. And each arrangement of things then will carry its own information pattern along with its chemical pattern and everything else. The phase angle is going to be affected by the amount of energy loaded onto the molecule. Now, the phase angle, if you think of, let's uh, take like uh, oxygen or water as an example. So you've got one hydrogen and two oxygen or atoms, and the, the degree between the two oxygen, their attachment to the hydrogen, that's called the phase angle. And if you charge that molecule with energy, it will push that angle wider or make it narrower. And, and that changes the arrangement of that thing. And when you change the arrangement, you also change the information that goes with it. 
And I think what happened in the case of, of the oleander, the pyracantha, is that it's, it moved that phase angle in a way that my body then picked up the information and said, oh, here's a better way to respond to these two things. And lo and behold, it made me healthier because I was smarter. I was, I was at a subconscious level, I was smarter. Love it. Thank you for, for explaining that in more detail. David, go ahead. So, Doc, I mean, this was a life-changing experience to the point where your whole career direction pretty much went into the medicine. You studied traditional Chinese medicine, became an acupuncturist, and your clinic, I mean, you've been in clinical practice for how many years? I officially started in 92, so okay. 30 years. So about 30 wow. years. And so this eventually got you into this type of technology. And then this led you to Zyto in the early 2000s. And then now you have, uh, you guys have quite a bit of stuff with Zyto. But for our listeners, can you talk a little bit about what exactly the focus is with all your old products with, with Zyto? Well, the, my background was with EAV. So I, I got into uh, the technology side. I built equipment that uh, used the same principles. We computerized it. We made it so it was more clinically friendly. The, the challenge with, that we uncovered, uh, the challenge we encountered with the early technology was the learning curve for the practitioner. Uh, electroacupuncture, according to Vol, is incredibly effective. But if it does not consume your practice, you never get good enough at it to, you know, make it a daily thing. And, um, and so right from the beginning, we were always looking for a better way to get the information that wasn't as difficult to learn and as consuming. And uh, in, you know, right around the turn of the century, then the idea came, hey, why don't I build a hand cradle and... Uh, will measure electrical activity of the body with the hand cradle, which it looks like a big mouse and it has five different contact points. And uh, it and I thought, oh, this is just kind of EAV the next step. Well, when we built the technology and started to experiment with it, I very quickly realized this is not EAV. We're not doing the same thing because we're not measuring specific acupuncture points. What we're doing is, if you're familiar with muscle testing or kinesiology, we're basically doing muscle testing on steroids. We're looking for yes, no answers, and we get those very quickly by measuring or by monitoring the coherent state of the body's energy. So if we go back to the early example, if we would then inject into the circuit an oleander signature, and the body's energy became less coherent, that would be a negative response. Or if it became more coherent, that would be a positive response. The cool thing that we found with Zytotechnology is it's not just a yes, no answer we get, but it's a how yes and how no. And so we can take a whole list of items and we computerize them all. So you run them through a computer uh, output, but we can take a whole list of items like pollen as an example, and we can predict which ones you're going to react to most negatively and which ones you're not going to react to at all and which ones you'll have a positive reaction to. And that's helpful from a, you know, it's not diagnostic. We don't build medical diagnostic equipment, but we build triage equipment, essentially. We help, we help practitioners become better guessers because we narrow the, you know, the field. So you can take a look and say, well, you know, it may be these six things. Let's experiment with those six things. And lo and behold, you got the problem solved. Well, I'd imagine a number of the practitioners that use your equipment are their acupuncturists, their chiropractors who do a lot of like applied kinesiology, muscle testing. And you probably even have a lot of naturopaths as well using similar tools uh, and like you're saying, I mean, it's, it's, it's used as a tool to get more crossover, right? So we're assessing maybe using applied kinesiology or some other means to assess. And then you can do a Zyto scan and kind of overlap the two to see, like you're saying, which direction you need to start moving into to help the patient. That's so right. What, so what does, so the, so the patient places their hand on this cradle and then there's, there's a report that prints out, correct? 
right? And then this is going to go show like, is this showing glandular imbalances? Is, is I mean, what is it showing? And then I know you guys have like different nutrition companies you can load into the system to show what will balance the actual imbalances that you're finding. Or? Right. It the the library that we've created has about forty thousand different items in it. So oh, wow. you can scan a lot of stuff. Obviously, you don't need to, and you probably don't have enough time to, but it's there. And uh, so let's say that we wanted to scan, um, let's stay with the allergy thing, just because we're there. So a, a patient presents with the allergy symptoms, and you think, well, you know, it's springtime, maybe it's springtime allergies. So you run through a panel of virtual items, that's what we call them in the library, and you see that they're reacting to grass pollen. Well, what can we do with grass pollen? Well, could we make a remedy like Bill did for me? Uh, and I should, I should be cautious because it's not really making a remedy, but could you make an infoceutical or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, you could do that, but there are other ways to do this. And maybe the problem is that my uh, pathways of elimination are just not as healthy as they should be. And I'm just backing up and that's why I've got you know, so I got a bad liver. So then I, I say, well, what can help a liver? Because maybe that's the problem. And so I scan some alternatives and there may be a bunch of uh, herbal products that I could scan. And lo and behold, you know, I find one that balances not only the liver, but it eliminates all the negative reactions to the pollen. And so I say, hey, rather than tell you to stay out of the backyard, why don't you just take this and, you know, report back to me in a week or so. So it, there's, because there are so many ways to solve problems and, and honestly, it's not critical that you identify the problem before you solve it. In other words, if, if I come in and I've got symptoms of allergies, I don't have to know what I'm allergic to. I just need relief. So if you can get close enough that my body can pick up the rest of the, the, the you know, get me close enough that my body can do the rest of the work, that's all I need. And I think that's where Zytos kind of uh, shines is that even though it's not diagnostic, sometimes it gets you close enough that you see miracles. And sometimes you just see progress, but it's all good. Yeah. Well, and like you're saying, I mean, energy is the root, right? So when you're, when you're actually assessing the energetic systems of the body and seeing how the body's reacting, or like you're saying, more coherence for, with some things and then other things are throwing you out of whack, it gives the patient, I think, some empowerment of, okay, well, these things are more ideal for me. I need to move in this direction with my supplementation, or I'm going to work on these things right now, like you're saying, because I have all these symptoms. So we're not, like you're saying, not looking for a cure necessarily, but it's like, hey, this is telling us that these systems are struggling. These are things that are going to help improve coherence amongst these systems. And then, like you're saying, the patient starts to feel better. And, and that's what I love about these types of things is, is it gives the practitioner a lot of insight into which direction to head. But I think that helps with the patient as well, because they're getting to see all this stuff as, while they're getting scanned and the reports that print out with these things. And it empowers the patient to know, okay, this is what my body is telling me. Because uh, everybody's body awareness is different, right? So, I mean, and I know there's a million tests, but everybody's so used to just doing blood all the time and some of these other things. This is such a, for me, this is such a, a more, it's almost like we zoom the lens a lot deeper to kind of see how things are actually affecting the body. Well, we're looking at the, we're looking at where it all starts because energy moves first and blood follows and body fluid follows that and tissue follows that. So right. if you want to predict health, energy is the place you want to be. Uh, that's what you want to be. The, the problem with energy is it's squirrely you know, energy moves really fast. And uh, one, of the, one of the most common questions we get at Zyto is, is this scan reproducible? In other words, if I run the scan now and then I turn around and run it again, will it come out the same? Well, I've done a lot of experimenting with this. The bottom line is no, it doesn't come out the same, but there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, the main one is because energy is squirrely and we're measuring energy. But one day I was at a doctor's office and they, were, they had this fancy machine where they ran the blood test immediately after they drew your blood. And they drew my blood, the nurse did. And I said, would you do me a favor? Uh, because I was getting tired of being asked this question. And I, you know, 
other things in medicine aren't reproducible either. We just don't know it. So I said, uh, would you do me a favor? And she said, yeah, what, what do you need? And I said, well, would you come back in five minutes, draw my blood again and run it through the machine? I want to see if it comes out the same. And she said, oh, it won't. Just that fast. She said, oh, it won't. And I said, it won't? She said, no, in fact, I'll run this blood sample through twice. I don't even need to draw your blood twice. It won't come out the same. So she did. She ran it through twice. And there was a 75% deviation on uh, 75% of the things that they measured were different from test A to test B. Now, uh, there were only two things that were radically different. The rest of them moved, but they moved within range. In other words, you know, if, if uh, this particular marker is, goes from here to here, that's considered normal range. And it stayed, you know, in or out of that range. With Zyto, we don't have that luxury because we measure not a range, we give you a reading that's within a hundredth of a point. And if something moves a hundredth of a point, it, will, it can change its order in the sequence. And so that's another challenge we have with Zyto technology is it's so sensitive that if you're hung up on reproducibility, you may find it dissatisfying. But if you can get past that, and realize A, energy is squirrely, and B, this instrument is incredibly sensitive, uh, then away you go. And it, uh, it does great. Now, now I can, I was gonna go say, I, I was gonna say, just cause we use the technology in our clinic and that, that is a common question uh, that the people ask. And, and yet I'm always blown away when I get the results. And, and there's this overall read, reading on the, the testing, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it measures range. Like in, in the way that I was, told that that means is it's, it's sort of like someone's overall like sympathetic maybe or stress load and so the higher the, the the range the more like maybe inconsistencies we might see uh this particular patient i pulled up one of one of her scans the first time we we checked her her range was sitting at 147 uh so the basically and please, like, maybe you can go into more detail what that actually means. But basically, the it's almost like we had to like uh, zoom out because the because the the readings were so uh, elevated that the basically it just it just grabbed a few things. So right. the, if you can imagine this circle, and there's all these little green dots that sit inside the circle that that uh, the green dots inside the circle reference something that's within range, everything outside that circle is out of range, which potentially could be the issue uh, arising. But this range is like a magnifying glass to some degree. And that the more focused it gets, the more uh, specific, maybe the more specificity in that reading. So anyways, this, this lady had this ridiculously high range. Turned out she had an incredible amount of stress in her life. And so we had her go, because actually it didn't actually complete the report. It was so high that the, the, like there was nothing in the detoxification and to the GI, like her basically report came back zero because the stress response was so high. Yeah. So I had her do brain tap, which is this neurological, and maybe you know it, uh, Dr. Vaughn. Yeah. And uh, literally after the 20 minute session, she came back and she came in at half that range. So she came down to 73 and then we ran her again. And then now we got actually got some data. So to your point of like reproducibility, it just goes to show when the body's in that really severe fight or flight, it's like it's locked on and it's going to give us a fragment of that information. And then, you know, funny enough, like the core systems that we would expect to be there typically do show up and then you get all these little uh, characterizing features like uh, emotional pathways that are maybe overexpressed with anger, depression, what have you. And then you, and then we see these repeating patterns. Let's say if someone's got a detoxification stress, we might see heavy metals pop up a number of times or candida or parasites. And so there seems to be a bit of a theme and that's what I'm using as a practitioner to go, okay, well, I'm getting repeated information here that's showing up as an issue and, and, and that's matching your symptoms. So that makes sense to me as a practitioner. Could you could maybe have you help me break down or maybe help the listeners uh, understand maybe what I spoke to a little bit more, if, if there's more to flesh out there? Well, you've, you've done a great job, actually. The, uh, you know, when we start any scan, we, we run a, a sequence of 35 neutral virtual items Basically, we're just pinging your body to see how responsive you are. 
And we then take the median response and that becomes what we call the range value. The range value helps us, uh, well, what it really does is it provides a threshold beyond which we pay attention. Right. And, and so the, the patient you mentioned who had a range of 160, was it? 147 or something. Like yeah, that. that's, yeah, so that's, that's really high. And yeah. it's, it doesn't mean that she's going to die. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean that. It just means that for some reason, she is ultra responsive. Energetically, she's just, she's just doing more than she needs to be doing. Uh, a normal range for an adult, in my experience, is somewhere between 1 and 25. And uh, I have seen ranges as high as 400. And wow. in kids, I see ranges being higher. But I don't think that's a negative for kids. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean, you use the range exactly the way you, you mentioned there, Dr. Jensen, that's a, now, you know, well, before, I, I thought it just, I mean, it's just fascinating to show that, you know, your, your electrical body, your emotional state is influencing that electrical body and how you're, you know, how you're interfacing with your environment. So it was, it was a big wake up for her too, just to see like, wow, I'm, I'm typically probably operating in this level, which feels normal for her. But that could be putting into a, a really hypersensitive uh, state with, you know, and it could affect the hormones or in her case, it was more GI detoxification. But it was just this massive, like a complete uh, cut in half of, of that range. And, and I said the same thing, like from what I'm told, I understand it's the typical range is somewhere between one and 25. And so the fact that you're way up there and, and cut it down by half just by, you know, resetting your nervous system to some degree. I mean, that's a profound shift. So yeah. I found that to be an interesting feedback, not only for her, but also for myself to see the shift. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in, in that, in the, so we've got the Zyto balance. And in this readout, I mean, it's, it's measuring, as you said, so many different things. I think you said 40,000 or some odd different things. I mean, it's breaking down uh, detoxification, GI, immune, sleep, um, and the endocrine system. And then it's giving, you know, products and recommendations to bring all those things that are out of range into range. And that's part of what you were speaking to with regards to you know, do we have to know what, or do we just give the thing that helps to bring the body into balance? Um, so I'd love for you to sort of, you know, you know, things that you would expect someone to maybe need, we do as pair practitioners get ver verification. And it just helps us to fine tune uh, maybe the most, like uh, the most obvious thing in that moment. Uh, and so I found it to be a really helpful tool. And then it also gets into recommendations for treatments too, which really back up uh, a lot of what we do in our practice. So, you know, just from a practitioner side of things, I do find it helpful. Um, but what, what do you, I'm curious to hear some of the stories that, that you may have of people going through the testing and then recommending the, the, using the treatment recommendations or what have you, what are some of the, the more interesting maybe subjects you've, you've seen or heard from your practitioners? Um, well, let me tell you about another technology we have at Zyto, and then I'll tie these together to, to give you some examples. We have another piece of uh, technology. It's called Evox. That's spelled E-V-O-X. Uh, Evox is a uh, perception reframer. It uh, it uses voice energy to plot emotional uh, blockages, and it then uses that same energy uh, to break the blockages and, and reframe a perception. Um, let me give you a little more explanation because voice carries an incredible amount of information. Uh, if you think about it, in order to make voice, you have to engage your brain. You then engage almost your entire body. Uh, you then exhale and you articulate through the vocal mechanism. By the time you create voice, you have loaded any information in your body onto that voice. So when you hear my voice, uh, you know, even if I call somebody on the phone, I said, um, hello, Nick. In two words, Nick would know I'm a man. He could guess my age probably within five years. He would know what part of the world I was born and raised in as a child. He would know my general disposition. He would know my state of health, probably. And, and, and you can know the, all that just in two words because 
there's so much information carried on voice. Well, what we've developed is a technology that listens to voice. And it doesn't listen to the words, it listens to everything else. And, it, and the energy then that comes across in the voice gets plotted onto what we call a perception index. And there are 12 zones on that perception index and each one relates to a different uh, emotional state or sort of an emotional state. Uh, and I, I probably like in zone one, for example, that's um, unacknowledged. And zone two is uh, repetitive thinking. And zone three is sadness. And so if you have a, an excess of voice energy, when you talk about any particular topic that shows up in zone three, it may be that you have uh, sadness around that topic. Now, that's the other thing I didn't mention. Voice is topic specific. So if I said to you, uh, my, my father, and I described my father to you, and then I described my mother to you, and you recorded both of those voices and plotted them into a perception index, you would see that the voice energy generated when I'm talking about my mother is different than it is when I talk about my father. Now, you can still know it's my voice, but the changes energetically are subtle and dramatic. They show up differently on the pattern. And the reason is, is because my perception of my mother is different and my experience with her is different than my perception of my experience with my father. So um, then the cool thing about Evox is going through a process of uh, iterations between you speak and then you, and then you get feedback and you speak feedback on a subconscious level, you actually will watch the perception index change. And when that changes, the, the patient, the client gets a, uh, a release or a reframe of the perception that surrounds whatever it is they're talking about. Now, that's significant clinically because we all see patients who, unbeknownst to them, are sick because they have a perception that does not let them get well. That doesn't mean they're making themselves sick. It just means for some reason, they are their worst enemy. Uh, and so let me tell you a story. I had a, uh, a woman, uh, she actually was a neighbor of mine years ago. Uh, and I was talking to her and she was telling me about her low back pain, chronic low back pain. She'd been everywhere. I mean, when I say everywhere, she's been everywhere, spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to solve her low back pain. And I, and she said, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, why don't you come into the clinic? We'll see if we can help you. So she came in and we, uh, the first thing we did, of course, we did a scan on her to see, you know, okay, what's out of range and in range and what kind of supplements should we be giving you? And then we scheduled her in for some acupuncture and some massage, the things we did at the clinic. And then we put her in and did this e-box stuff. And there's a protocol with Evox. One of the protocols is called transgenerational perception reframing. In other words, a lot of my dysfunctional energy I inherited. And if I go through my life uh, unknowingly playing out or living what that energy pattern holds me into, then I just repeat the dysfunction that I inherited. Uh, and, and, so if you can go in, this, this particular protocol breaks those energy patterns uh, in a way that it doesn't disconnect you from your ancestors or your family. It, it, it actually enhances your relationship because it becomes more functional. Anyway, we put this woman through this transgenerational perception reframe process. And in the course of about three weeks, um, what I learned and, and I want to say Evox is not talk therapy. It wasn't like I was with this woman and I was asking her about her past. It's just, I said, okay, tell me about your mother. So she describes her mother. Tell me about your father. And then we go through and we break the, the perceptions around these individuals. Well, you learn things about people because they start talking about stuff while they're talking to the computer. They're just not talking to me. But I learned that this woman grew up in the most dysfunctional family you can imagine. I mean, she, she had the childhood from hell. And in my clinical opinion, and this is only my clinical opinion, I think that when she was a kid, she laid down this perception that all of the bad things in my life are my fault. 
And so when she got an injury to her back or whatever caused this low back problem to happen, she used that as an opportunity to do penance for all of these bad things she was responsible for when she was a kid. Now, she didn't know that. She was an adult. But, but when we broke those ancestral patterns, in three weeks, we had her out of pain. And, and, and does that mean that my clinic and my, the practitioners that work there are better than anybody she's ever seen? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it means that we got to the source of the problem. And so the things that we did to help her low back pain actually worked because at a subconscious level, she allowed it to happen. And uh, I think that happens probably more often than we realize, but that's a dramatic, you know, a, a dramatic story of that experience. And that was a combination of, you know, everything. It wasn't like Evox was the magic or acupuncture was the magic. It's all the magic. Well, I love on this topic of information, like you were talking earlier, Doc, I mean, you're talking about like the alphabet and how we can rearrange it. And this can turn into so many different things. And from a sensory place, that's all we are, right? I mean, our brain's just constantly picking up information all day long and it's constantly changing. So when you look at like these tools that you use, and by the way, I love the Evox. You did a demo a couple of years ago at the Brim Hall homecoming. Uh -huh. with, with a woman and I thought it was amazing I mean I, that stuff is so needed and I'm, I'm with you there on the whole like getting to the root with some of these things because a lot of people aren't aware like you're saying it's just more of a subconscious thing that's hindering their progress of healing but I mean look at I and mean, it's just information right and you're tapping in you're able to find these things with this technology and able to help so many people with things that I'd imagine when they look at you do using these tools, they're like, what the heck is this stuff? Right. Like some people, <laughs> not everybody. I mean, some people get it, but pretty much everybody. Yeah. But there's a good, good chunk of people when they're doing these things, they're like, well, it's so foreign to them. Right. Cause they're so used to getting, you know, poked for blood or their body fluids for labs and stuff. So when we're, when we're going in and we're checking the energy systems with these tools, it's, it's kind of a new territory for a lot of people. But like we're talking, like you're saying, energy is first. And I think people are starting to wake up and they're getting to a place where they're realizing like, wow, my energy plays a big role in my overall health. And these are other things that I need to get assessed and have go to practitioners that know how to do these things. And it's just another layer, right? I mean, they're already doing all the other things. Why not go a little deeper and start working with the energy systems of your body and get these things mapped so that you can start moving in the right directions to, to remedy some of these things? I mean, it's something like chronic flow back pain, right? I mean, how many people is that their story where they've been to like tons of different doctors, chiros, PTs, I mean, everybody and have, have had no relief. And then, yeah, I mean, it just, it can be something as simple as some emotional work, you know, and, and all of a sudden the pain's gone. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. If you have time for one more story, I'll tell you another one. Oh, it's, we're all about stories, man, please. <laughs> I had a young woman uh, in her uh, probably late 20s uh, come into the clinic. Uh, she heard about some of the weird things we did. And she, uh, it turns out that she came in because her marriage was kind of on the rocks. And she, she came in wondering if what we did could help. She heard about Evox. Uh, and we weren't in the marriage counseling business, but, you know, the word got to her for whatever reason. Here she was. So I sat down and, and uh, started chatting with her. And of course, the first thing I did was the Zyto scan. I came up with some supplements that showed up that related to hormonal imbalances and uh, depression. And I said to her, well, these are showing up and this is usually why they show up. And she said, oh yeah, I had a baby about three or six months ago and I've been struggling with postpartum depression ever since. So I thought, okay, well, that's maybe why these showed up. They make some sense. We're gonna give you these. And then we went in and started doing some Evox. And again, I did this transgenerational one with her. And uh, the way it works is you plot this family chart and then you take the parent with, with the lowest number. I, I won't bore you with all the details, but anyway, we picked her mom. We started with her mom. And so we did a, a session and, and she did a reframe on her mom. And then uh, I said, okay, well, here's your remedies. Take them home. I'll see you next week. So we rescheduled her for a week later. She came back in a week later and she looked better. She had more uh, color in her face. Her eyes were shinier. 
And I said, hey, you look like you feel better. And she said, yeah, I, I really do. I'm feeling a lot better. But she said, you know, a funny thing happened last week when I went home. I said, I said well, tell me about it. I always love it when patients can tell me that. So she said, uh, well, when I got home, my mom called. And then she paused. And I didn't respond. It was like, okay, your mom called. And then she said, and we talked for two hours. And she paused again, expecting me to respond. And I didn't respond because like, hey, I'm married and have four daughters. They talk all the time for a long time. So I didn't think anything of it. And she said, no, you don't understand. My mom never calls because within 30 seconds of getting on the phone with her, we're screaming at each other. We can't stand each other. The fact that she called was amazing. The fact that we could talk for two hours was a miracle. And, and it was. Anyway, I got thinking about this because I've had this kind of thing happen. Uh, it's, it's not common, but it's not uncommon. Um, but I got thinking about it. Okay, so I didn't know that she didn't like her mom. I didn't know they didn't get along. But if I had said to the daughter, if I had known this a week ago and said, uh, how, do you, you know, how do you get along with your mom? Oh, I hate her. Well, would you like to have a better relationship? Well, yeah, I would. And then I picked up the phone and called the mom and said, hey, mom, uh, would you like to have a better relationship with your daughter? She would have said, yeah, I would. And then I could have said, well, look, you both want the same thing. Why don't you just, you know, mature yourself up and get it done? It's not that simple because they have this energy pattern that keeps getting in the way. And what happens is the, the voice of the mother is sufficient to trigger this energy pattern in the daughter and vice versa, and they just blow up for whatever reason. And it's not rational, it's not conscious, it's not something they desire, it just happens. And so, th- that, but <laughs> that's another example. Anyway, the, the bottom line is, uh, this woman's marriage improved, her health improved, uh, and now I've got to tell you one last story. Keep them coming, um, keep them coming. A woman came in and uh, I sat down, kind of doing the intake interview with her. And uh, she said, I just divorced my third husband. You know, I said, well, I don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. And, and she said, yeah, I, uh, I married my first husband. And uh, after a few years, he started to beat me. And I thought, well, maybe I can do something and make it, you know. So she said, I tried everything. I tried to change who I was, my behavior. It just got worse. And after seven years, I said, I'm done. I, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I divorced him. I went out and got married a year and a half later. And uh, six months into the marriage, this guy started to beat me. And and she said, it, w- it was just, you know, I'd, I'd been there before. She said, I tried to make it work for a year. And then I just gave up, divorced him. And she said, I'll be darned if I didn't go out after that and marry the same guy again. And within a few months of getting married, he started to beat me. And I said, there's no way I'm going to live through this again. And I just divorced him. And then she said, I must be stupid. That's a direct quote. And I said, no, you're not stupid. It's just you have an energy pattern that says beat me. And there's guys out there who have energy patterns that say, I'm looking for a woman to beat. And you guys, when you meet, you jive, you fall in love. It's genuine, it's real. But the problem is you're both carrying around a dysfunctional energy pattern. And so all you have to do is break that energy pattern. And so we went through this transgenerational thing again. It's got a lot of power, Uh, but, uh, and she left after, it took about five weeks we went through and she was happy when she left. Well, she comes back in the clinic about six months later. And, you know, we were good friends. We, it was, had been a good experience and we had a very, you know, candid relationship and she comes in the clinic and I was a little surprised because she didn't have an appointment. And, and uh, I said, Hey, good to see you. And she said, yeah, I just wanted to come in and tell you that I'm married again. And I said, well, is he beating you yet? <laughs> and, and, and she said, uh, she said, no, he's not a beater. And I said, well, how do you know? And she said, because I've been married to three of them and I can see him a mile away. But she said, the amazing thing is that, I can see these beaters and I'm not attracted to them anymore. But the thing that's even more miraculous, she said, is they're not attracted to me. And it's just an it's just breaking that energy pattern and life becomes easier. So um, 
that, you know, that's the cool thing about eBooks is life does not have to be difficult. Uh, and if it is difficult, it's not your fault necessarily. And you're not stupid if you have a tough life. It's just, you may be living out a perception or an energy pattern that is creating the difficulty. You see all this information that comes into us, all the information that comes to me, I process through my belief system. And everybody in the world does the same thing. And if I believe something, and I don't, most of my beliefs are subconscious, they're not conscious. So I process all this information and in the process of filtering it through my belief system, I then rationalize or justify my existence. In other words, I am legitimate because the world is as I believe it should be. That's kind of how it works. And, and if my belief system is this narrow, then that's going to be the entirety of my existence. But if I can reframe it and expand it to be here, all of a sudden I've got twice the options that I had before. And my experience clinically is we are programmed to always make our best choices. So if all I can see is this, I'll pick my best choice, but it might be totally dysfunctional. If I can expand and see this, I can still choose these, but if there's a better choice out here, I'm going to pick it. So, you know, if, if staying with that low back pain is the only best option I've got, I'm going to stay with it. But if I can reframe and let it go and have a better life, I'm going to do that. So. Well, that's, that's such a good um, explanation for, you know, reframing. So, and the stories obviously hit those points home in a big, 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 uh, you know, in such a powerful way. What do you, um, what is the, the remedy here? Like, you know, with the, the balance of the Zeta balance, there, there could be a treatment, there could be a supplementation, there could be, you know, some, some of those things. Is it just the self-awareness and then the, and then the reframing sentence or tool? Like, can you describe how they integrate what they learn with the Evox into their life? Uh, there is, uh, it is not conscious. Okay. The way you know that they've reframed is their voice energy changes. And the computer displays that change. It'll actually say, you've shifted. Now, I can tell you from doing a lot of e-box work that you get, as a practitioner, you get really intuitive, really energetically sensitive. I've done a lot of e-box work on myself. And when I, there, at that moment, when I reframe, I can feel it. I know it happens. And at the, at the moment when my patient reframes, I can feel the shift in their energy pattern as well. And that just comes with doing it. But it's not a conscious thing. And I don't have to say to them, hey, you know, you just did it. They can see it on the computer screen. Uh, Look, your voice energy shifted and this is what that means. And so we're done. Now, when that happens, they don't, you don't have to change anything in your life because you have moved into a different energy pattern at a subconscious level and you're built to always make your best choice. And so your life just unfolds differently. Uh, do we have time for one more story? Yeah, sure. ju- just, just one more clarification on that. So they're, doing, they're, they're telling you a story about their mom, their dad, their husband, whoever it may be that, that you're trying to gain information about and, and, and most likely a situation that's quite challenging for them. Then the computer is getting that information and then it offers the reframe and then they're speaking the reframe in and that's part of the energetic shift or, or how does that, how does that part actually work? I understand like energy no. can shift like that, but how are they doing that reassessment? Is that the following visit or if you no, can that, that let that. me give you the example of, remember the woman who had the marriage and uh, we reframed on her mom. Okay. So this yes. is how that session went. Okay. I want you to talk about your mom but you don't need to tell me anything about her that I couldn't say myself if she walked into the room. In other words, how tall is she? What colors her hair? What colors her eyes? How old is she? You know, what's her shoe size? But I want you to just keep your mind focused on your mom, okay? I don't want you to tell me about her brothers and her sisters and her dog or where she grew up when she was a kid. I want you to talk about your mom individually, specifically. Okay, I got that. So turn on the microphone. And it only takes about 10 seconds. So she says, well, my mom's name is blah, blah, blah. She's this tall, her hair color's that. 10 seconds. We have the recording. It displays it on the screen. And I say, okay, uh, close your eyes. 
I want you to think about your mom and she's got some headphones on and a microphone, you know, that comes with that equipment. And so the computer then plays back a little bit of non-lyrical, you know, music that in order to isolate her from her outside environment. And for about 30 seconds, what happens is the computer will decode the information that she projected through her voice. And there's a formula that we, a computerized algorithm it runs through. And then we introduce that, uh, I don't want to say curative, but the balancing information vis-a-vis -vis electromagnetic quantum information, it comes back to her, into her field. And she picks up on that at a subconscious level. Now, the, the reason why this works so well is because at a conscious level, you process about 2,000 pieces of information a second. Subconsciously, in that same second, you process over 400 million pieces of information. So you're at least 200,000 times smarter than you think. And so all of this is done subconsciously because that's where you learn faster. So the information then comes back in the form of this field effect and her body adjusts. And then we say, okay, after 30 seconds, the music stops, she opens her eyes. Okay, tell me about your mom again. And she could say exactly the same words. You know, my mom is this tall, her name is that, blah, blah, blah. Quite often what happens is people will remember things and they'll start talking about things that happen or, you know, my mom is really good at this or, you know, that kind of stuff. But the point is stay focused on mom. We just repeat that. And in about five or six or eight rounds, those are called, all of a sudden what you see is you'll start to see that, that perception index on the computer start to shift and move. And then all of a sudden it does a dramatic enough shift that we know the reframe has occurred and that's it. Gotcha. That's awesome. Thank you so and, much. And it's, and it's not, you know, we don't have, well, I had a young woman who came in who'd been raped two years prior and she came in and said, you know what? I've been to the counselors. I know it wasn't my fault. I've done all this kind of, and she told me all the stuff she'd done to get past this, but she said, my life is still just a, a bucket of poop. I just can't get past this. And so we sat, sat her down. I said, okay, I, I want, we'll do a reframe on this rape experience. Now, I don't want you to tell me about the rape experience. That's not what the computer records. I want you to think about it as, it was, as if it was a movie. And I want you to give the movie a name. So you're, you're going to title this movie something. And then when I have you speak into the microphone, I want you to just repeat the title of the movie. And so she did. She named it something and spoke into it. Boom, there's our perception index. That went on because I don't, this is not talk therapy. This is not a conscious thing. But what happened was in about five or six rounds, it shifted. She was done and, and her countenance had changed. She looked more alive when she left than she did when she came in. And, and as a follow-up, it stuck. I mean, you know, she, she, it was like, holy smokes. It's, you know, it's, it's, that was the miracle I've been waiting for. And I'm sure that all the things she had done up until then actually counted for something. But th this was just the one that helped subconsciously move her past the experience and internalize all of this other therapy she had received. Um, but, it, but you don't have to, it's not a conscious thing. It's not, it's not like you reframe and then give somebody an instruction and say, okay, go home and, and do this and this and this. It just unfolds. The reason it works that way is because the universe is built on opposition. Everything in the universe has or is opposed in some way. In other words, it's constrained. So the thing that keeps me, me, and keeps you, you, is all the constraints in the universe around us. And, and what I, I call that the energetic posture. So I, I hold an energetic posture in the universe. And if I want to change the universe, all I have to do is change myself. Because if I change myself, my energy posture shifts and the universe will move to accommodate it because everything that opposes everything else has to sum to zero. It's called the zero point field. And in Chinese medicine, it's the yin-yang symbol. You know, you got yin and yang and the goal is for yin and yang to be balanced. So these opposing forces, well, that's just the way the universe works. And so when someone does a perception reframe, their energy posture shifts and 
lo and behold, mom feels it and calls her daughter that day and they talk for two hours. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how it works, but it's um, a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm curious how, how often you use that thing because I feel like, you know, every day after work, you could get on there and just clear another round of subconscious patterning. Change your posture all day long. <laughs> well, then you can, but you don't, you don't have to do that much. You know, yeah. most of us aren't totally dysfunctional. So, <laughs> but you know, if you, let's say that you have a goal, let's say you want to run a marathon. So you say, okay, I've got a goal to run a marathon. Well, it's not a bad idea to get on eBox and talk about running the marathon. What, what happens when you do the reframe on the marathon is you eliminate any self-sabotage that may stand in the way of you completing that goal. Now, it doesn't guarantee you're going to complete the goal, but if you don't complete the goal, it's not because you've sabotaged yourself. It's because there's other things that, you know, stood in the way. So, yeah, you can reframe not just on the bad things, but also the good things you want. It's incredible. I mean, I've heard you talk about this talk before, but as you're telling stories and you're just going through it, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, just the stuff you're talking about with the subconscious and how we take in information and how just something as simple as getting something reframed in our perception can be a life-changing event for so many people. And, and, and it doesn't have to, you know, we talk about beliefs. The process does not change your beliefs because you still, you can still, you know, if I can only see this and you help me see this, I can still see this and I can choose to live there if I want to, but I have other options. And so it just creates a, a more complete filter that we then process reality through. Well, and you're changing energy, right? So as that energy is changing, like you're saying, you're able to see other opportunities and maybe take notice of things that you were blind to before. So I love it. Man. Right. I mean, that's the power of energy. I mean, we're, I love this talk because I could talk about energy all day long and I bet we could go for hours, man. But amazing, <laughs> amazing technology, man. And and honestly, what a what a what an amazing kind of work to spend a lifetime, you know, diving into and and I mean, you've been at this for, what has it been, like 30, over 30 years. So, I mean, 40, yeah, yeah, and I'd imagine it, it's evolved quite a bit just even in the last 20 years with what you're doing. Well, the, the, the big evolution has been the Internet, honestly, because uh, they're and they're and we're moving into other technologies or other applications of the technology that involve the Internet in a more robust way. Uh, you know, back in the 80s, it didn't exist. In the 90s, my first modem did 3K. And that was amazing. Right. It only cost me 350 bucks, I think. So, <laughs> well, so that, that was kind of one of my questions. I was going to ask you, like, where, where, do, you, where do you go from here? Like, what, what, is, what, is, what do you see or, or what can you share? Maybe you don't want to give all the, all the secrets away, but what else, what other kind of technologies do you, do you see yourself creating? Uh, well, when you get into the energy world um, and you get comfortable there, there's a lot of room to grow because it's honestly, it's uh, a frontier that hasn't been explored much. And um, the, the challenge is with, with most technology is that it takes time for humans to adapt, and, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But I've heard a quote by somebody, I can't remember, they said that, you know, science advances one funeral at a time. Um, because most of us become so vested in the things that we have learned and spend our life doing that it's impossible or we just don't have the desire to embrace anything new. So uh, it takes another generation for the newness to actually become part of the mainstream. Um, but... That being said, I mean, you know, we've always got good stuff on the, on the, you know, being built. <laughs> but until it's ready for market, I'm prohibited from saying anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, there, there, there really just seems like an endless landscape for, you know, diving deeper into, you know, I keep thinking of like 
how do we become more adaptable to the environment that we're in and, you know, through self-awareness and, you know, asking these really interesting questions of what else is possible. So, you know, I I love that we've got the the Zyda, we've had it for about three years now. And, um, you know, there's always new things to learn with it. And, you know, the, the Evox, I remember Sonia doing, the Evox, my wife, uh, she did a conference and the guy who was doing the, the, the assessment on her was like, you're one of the most coherent people that I've ever ran this test on. And I don't know what it was that, that he was referencing, but now that you're speaking to this in more detail, I understand a little bit more about um, uh, how it's being applied. So uh, amazing stuff. Uh, David, go ahead. So Doc, we appreciate your time, man. Where can people find your stuff for our listeners? Uh, the best place is just the website, zyto.com, Z-Y-T-O.com. And then, Doc, are you speaking anytime soon, upcoming stuff or, you know, any other podcasts or stuff like that? Um, well, I do Zoom calls occasionally and uh, speak at conferences a little less frequently now, but uh, that's picking back up. I don't have anything on the calendar right now that, uh, that I could announce generally. And then your practice, Doc, for our listeners as well in Utah. Well, I have a practice in my home, and uh, I'm a reluctant practitioner. So uh, if, if somebody calls and says, hey, can you help me with this? I usually try to find them somebody else. Okay. But uh, occasionally I'll see patients. And the, the challenge is, uh, as you two know, it takes a different Seeing patients takes one part of your brain and doing business takes a different part of your brain. And it's tough to reconcile the two. And uh, I spend more of my life in the business side than I do the patient side at the, I do now, but I sold my practice up in Salt Lake several years ago. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Call Zyto. Uh, We we actually don't make referrals to clinicians out of Zyto, but uh, certainly if you have a doctor, ask them, Hey, do you use Zyto technology? And if they don't, tell them to call us and we'll sell them some. Awesome. (laughs) uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for being a trailblazer in this field. Uh, Like you're saying, this is a big frontier that hasn't been tapped in, but thank you for the work that you do, man, because it's changing a lot of lives and helping a lot of practitioners do do their job much better. Uh, Like it's a lot of fun. What you guys are doing is fun, you know, and it's, it's everything that makes it work, you know? It's, it's not just take this pill and call me in the morning. And, you know, and, and my parting comment here is that's one of the challenges that, that all of us in the complimentary will face. And that is if patients do not comply, they don't get results. Yeah. And it's not as easy as just saying, take this drug and your pain will go away. Might not fix anything, but you'll feel less pain. You know, it's not, it's, it's more complicated than that. The beauty, I think, of the Zyto technology is that we help a practitioner demonstrate the need for patient compliance as part of the solution. Awesome. That's really, I mean, that, that uh, it completes the circle, right? You were talking about the yin-yang, like, you know, in order to help someone, they have to be able to show up and, and, and it's hard to show up when they've got these obstacles and things that are preventing them from, you know, like you said, expanding that view so that they can see uh, more options for themselves and, and choose that better choice, right? So, yeah, thank you so much for, for everything you shared. And uh, I'm excited to dive in more with the tool we've got and, and to investigate Good. more. Yeah. Hey, it's so, great to spend time with you guys. Appreciate yeah. the invitation. You too, Doc. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to The Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.